3: the sports
2: betting network.
4: Scott Sadenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on V sin, the sports betting network. You can always follow along and contribute on Twitter at Scott's on air and at vsinlive sin live week 13 Sunday in the NFL in the books. And we turn our attention to Monday night football, the Patriots and the bills, which will wrap up week 13 in the game of the week. And, One of the best games in the NFL season to date. So much on the line in this matchup. The line currently is Bills minus three with a total of 41. This total has gone down. When it opened up, it was 45 or so. Like, it opened up as the Patriots, uh, 46, in fact, it opened up at. It went down from 46 to 41 across the board. That is a major move, but there is bad weather in the forecast. Not just bad weather. It's windy weather. Because when you talk to anybody about weather affecting a football game, It's not the precipitation. It's not the rain or the snow. It's the wind that has an impact on the game. And that's why if you look, and we talk about this every single week, the different trends in the NFL, windy unders in the NFL this season are 36-18. and Windy unders, meaning over 10-mile-per-hour winds. The forecast right now for Orchard Park, is calling for wind gusts to be 20-plus miles per hour. There is, right now, a wind advisory for upstate New York and for Orchard Park, which is, I believe, in Erie County, is, yep. So Erie County has, the National Weather Service has issued a wind warning because of how heavy these winds are going to be. Like, they're talking about maybe, you know, down trees, power lines, things like that. Like, that's the type of weather that you're going to have all throughout the day on Monday in Erie County, New York. And if that weather continues into Monday night and – The wind advisory is only until 7 p.m. Eastern time. Kickoff is at 8.15 Eastern time. But weather is not exact. Like when they say, oh, the rain is going to stop at 7 p.m. and it rains until 7.40, eh, that's the weather, right? So I don't know what the wind is going to be like an hour after the advisory is over like the warning is in effect until 7 p.m. Eastern Time, that doesn't mean that the wind's just going to stop by 8.15. Now, maybe the gusts aren't as severe as what the warning is for, but if you're getting winds at 25 miles per hour with gusts that could not be, be even heavier, I mean, this is going to be the type of game, just based off this report, again, it's just a weather report, and weather reports are are wrong half the time anyway. This could be the type of game where that's what they're focusing on on the broadcast, right? They're showing you uh the flags on top of the goalposts. They're showing you the flags on top of the stadium, the sideline reports, talking about how much wind there is. And that could play a major role in this game. The under dropped from 46 to 41. And don't be surprised if it goes down even further by the time we get the kickoff. Like we could see a total of maybe 39 by the time we get the kickoff. Because if reports are starting to surface during the day about how windy it's going to be and as we get closer and closer to kickoff, the wind factors, this total is going to go down. The win's going to affect the long passing game. It's going to affect the kicking game. Not good for me. I got Nick Folk on my fantasy team, and I'm down 14 points with Folk and Diggs going on Monday Night Football, so I would like some field goals from the Patriots. But it's definitely it's going to affect the kicking game, and it's going to affect the deep passing game as well. And this might be a game where we see just three yards and a cloud of dust That's the second time I used that reference on this show. I was talking about Army-Navy, and I said that earlier. So I'm just in a running mood, I guess. And I think that this is what's going to happen here on Monday Night Football. I'm playing the total under now because I do think that when when kickoff comes, it's going to be less than 41. I really do believe that. And at three, I like the Patriots. I think it's a field goal game. Anything less than three, I would lean towards the Bills. I think the Bills win this game at home. Uh, But I think it's a field goal. Are the Patriots live dogs? Absolutely. And if you like the Patriots, probably better off just taking them on the money line, to be honest with you. Because if you like the Patriots in a game that is so narrow and is only going to be decided by, like I said, within that field goal spread, then... Forget about taking the points. Patriots are plus 125 on the money line. Just take the Patriots to win this game. And if you like the Bills, it's only minus 145. So my threshold is always like minus 160. I give myself that threshold when it comes to betting money lines because anything higher than that, like, yeah, heavy favorites, they do win. But when they lose, it just crushes you. And you start losing some minus 200 bets. Like for every minus 200 bet that you lose – that's two bets you have to win just to break even. Like who wants those odds? You got to go two and one just to break even? That's terrible. That's why, you know, you're betting underdogs on the money line. You're going to be more profitable long-term, especially if it hits at a, at, a, at, a, at a nice clip. But I always give myself like a 160 threshold. Some people do 150. Uh, I like to go a little bit higher than that. And uh, the Bills are right there underneath that, 145. So if you, you, you like the Bills in this game, Just take them in the money line, minus 145. Don't even worry about the spread. Same thing with the Patriots. If you like the Patriots, you can take the plus three. This thing gets down to two and a half, though, because right now on DraftKings, that plus three is minus 120. So it gets down to two and a half. Just don't mess around with that. Just take the money line. But my play would lean on the under in this game, and I think you're going to find undervalue in the prop market. Quarterback props. Josh Allen, 232 and a half passing yards. Mac Jones, 203. Would it shock you if both these guys went under? First of all, for Mac Jones, he doesn't really throw for a lot of yardage. You know? Like, he had a big day, uh, I guess it was, what, their last game that he played against Tennessee. 310 yards. But he had 207 against Atlanta, 198 against Cleveland, 139 against Carolina. 217 against the Chargers. So, Mac Jones at 203 and a half. Kind of like the under in that one even with even without the wind. But now you want to throw the wind in as a factor as well. Mac Jones probably throwing for like 170 175 in this game. And then pass attempts. You see this one could be interesting because of the wind. How many pass attempts? will both of these quarterbacks have. We know the Patriots have a very good running game. And for the Patriots, you're probably trying to maintain possession and keep the Bills off the field. So, plus seeing the Bills' inability to defend the run in weeks past, like look at Jonathan Taylor a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, Why wouldn't you run the ball a lot? Pass attempts. Mac Jones, 30 and a half pass attempts. I'll tell you right now, if Mac Jones throws over 30 pass attempts in this game, Pats are in trouble. Look at their wins, their their big wins. Well, he had 32 pass attempts against Tennessee, right? That was, the, he had a big passing day, though, 310 yards, two touchdowns. But they shut out Atlanta 25-0. He had 26 attempts in that game. They dominated Cleveland 45-7. He had 23 pass attempts in that game. They dominated Carolina 24-6. He had 18 pass attempts in that game. So I think this game is going to be low scoring. I think this is going to be tightly contested. And I I think that the wind is going to play a factor. I like Mac Jones under 30-and-a-half pass attempts. And I would probably go the same for Josh Allen. He's at 32-and-a-half pass attempts. For the rushing yardage, uh I guess I like everyone to go over pretty much. Um Damian Harris is at 49 and a half, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots as well, 42 and a half, Devin Singletary right now is at 39 and a half for Buffalo, Josh Allen 35 and a half for Buffalo, and I, I I'd probably go over the Josh Allen rushing yardage prop. I wouldn't touch anybody's receiving yardage prop because like I said, I don't know about the wind, and frankly, both of these teams don't have anybody that jump off the page here besides, I guess, uh, Stephon Diggs is at 61.5 for the um, Buffalo Bills. And then, you know, touchdown scoring props. Like I said, I think it's going to be low scoring, but, uh, you know, maybe Josh Allen plus 200 for him to rush in a touchdown. It might be the best bet on the board. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow me on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. So I'm going with the under in this game, and I think there is value in the prop market because of the wind and weather reports, like under in pass attempts, under in passing yardage, over in rushing yardage. That's where I would lean for this Monday night game between the Patriots and the Bills. This is the look ahead, right here on VSEN, the sports betting
5: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today.
4: This is The Look Ahead on vSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available from Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on v the sports betting network. The college football playoff is set. It'll be Alabama against Cincinnati, Georgia taking on Michigan in that 2-3 game. And the spreads are out for those games. And it's no real surprise what you're going to see in these games. Obviously, Alabama is a heavy favorite over Cincinnati. And that's something that you would expect, right? Alabama has, I mean, rebounded, if you, for lack of a better term, because people were so down on them because of their performances over past couple of weeks, you know, the almost losing to Auburn. But that was as good a game as you can play against Georgia. And doing to Georgia what no team has been able to do this season, and that's scoring. And Bryce Young wrapped up the Heisman Trophy with his performance in that game. And now you take on a Cincinnati team that I, I I don't want to be disrespectful by saying this. They might just be happy to be there. Cincinnati crashes the party. A group of five school into the college football playoff. And yes, I know they're going to the Big 12, So they're not really a Group of Five school. Like when they're playing in the Big Twelve, you're not even going to think of them as a Group of Five school, a small school. No, they're in a Power Conference. You know, they could be playing in the Big Twelve Championship game, and then think a thought like this wouldn't even come up again, right? If they make it back to the College Football Playoff, well, it's like okay, yeah, good. Who'd they beat? Oh, they beat Oklahoma State and and Baylor, and and now they're in the. Big 12 championship game, or they won the Big 12, and now they're in the college football playoff. Like, that's that's the reality of what's going to happen for Cincinnati. In fact, that American championship game is going to be – could it could wind up being a Big 12 championship game. Like, Cincinnati and Houston are capable of competing right now in the Big 12. And they're going to that conference, you know? So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, But now Cincinnati gets in. And, you know, I think that it's it's just an incredible story. It's great for college football. It's another reason why college football doesn't need to expand the playoffs. Four is fine. And, and there's a lot of years where, and even like this year, it plays itself out. There was no argument this year who's in, who's out. Notre Dame was the next team to get in, and... They had zero top 25 wins on their schedule. Zero top 25 wins. Do you think Notre Dame deserved to get in the playoff? Ohio State. Yeah, they might be the best team on the outside looking in, them and Ole Miss, but they lost their games. They both didn't even play for their conference title. Like, Do, do you really want to expand this thing to the point where you have teams that... Won't even play for their conference title. Get into the playoff to win the national championship. I just don't agree with that. I know what you're going to say. But in all sports, there's division champs and wild cards. And those teams get into the playoffs and have a chance to win it. Yeah, I know. But college football is different. You know, the playoffs is still a relatively new thing in college football. And think about this. If we didn't have the playoffs, Alabama would probably be your national champion. Right? Just think about it. They beat Georgia in the SEC Championship game. They are currently ranked number 1 and they would play in the well, if you were if it was the BCS system, it would be Alabama against Michigan in the BCS National Championship game. And if it was pre-BCS National Championship game, well, it would be Alabama in the, I guess, uh, Sugar Bowl against, you know, uh, Baylor. And then Michigan in the Rose Bowl against Utah. And then it would be if Alabama wins, they're the national champs. It's just crazy. Like, that's the way it used to work. Four is a perfect number. And what I would suggest is something that, you know, I've been talking about Chris Landry, our guest, who will join me later on this week, uh, LandryFootball.com. He's talked about it uh, with me on our shows that we've done in the past. The way to fix the entire bowl system, the way to fix college football, pick pick the playoffs after the bowl games. Play your championship games. Play your traditional bowl matchups and then pick your playoffs. This way the bowl games actually mean something because you would give a chance to a team like Ole Miss or Ohio State. You would give them an opportunity to win and get them into the playoff. Plus, you would set up matchups, cross-conference matchups, pinning these top teams against each other to then find out who truly deserves to be. In the college football playoff. And the bowl games would mean something. No one would opt out. The ratings would be phenomenal. Because right now, outside of the college football playoff, it's just us that are betting, that are watching some of the most of these bowl games. And a lot of these players are opting out and not playing in these games. And a lot of these coaches are utilizing these bowl games as an extension of the offseason, as an early start to next season. And that's why you have to be really careful when you're betting on these bowl games. You have to find out how each coach is treating the game. Some coaches, they view it as their postseason and an opportunity to win one final game. Send off your seniors in style, win a game, solidify your win-loss record, finish the year with an extra win, get that bowl championship trophy or whatever, put it in your trophy case in your field house and and claim victory. For other coaches and for other programs, it's about let me see some of these backups and some of these younger players that didn't get a chance to play this season that will be fighting for starting roles on next year's team. For some of these programs with interim coaches or new coaching hires, it's also going to be very interesting to see how they play it. You know, how does Oklahoma play this bowl game against Oregon? Right, Bob Stoops was going to coach this game. Brent Venables just got hired. The 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 former, I mean, the the D coordinator at Clemson, who was a longtime assistant at Oklahoma. You know, there's turnover there with Lincoln Riley leaving, Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal. Who knows what Caleb Williams' future is going to be? How does Oklahoma treat this game? Do they go out there and try and win and play their starters and everybody? Or does Brent Venables want to see what his team's going to be like? I am i don't know. We got to find that out. So you got to be very careful betting these bowl games. You can't just look at the matchups and think, oh, I know what Pitt was this year. I know what Michigan State was this year. This is who I'm betting in this game. There could be opt-outs. You know, Kenny Pickett could be just say, hey, I've had a great season. I'm a Heisman finalist. I got the NFL combine to worry about. Not going to play in this game. That very well could happen. We've seen it before in the past. We've also seen players get hurt in the past. And that's what some of these guys are going to want to avoid, especially, you know, the ones that are obviously trying to be drafted in the NFL. You know, it's Kayvon Thibodeau play for Oregon. Or does Mario Cristobal even the coach at Oregon? All these questions got to be answered. And you have to know that before you place any type of bet on these bowl games. So I'm not going to even think about circling some of these games or, or getting into them until we get closer and until I get all of my questions answered. And then we'll have a lot of fun with these bowl games because some of them are gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, others, like I said, could be a backup fest. but for the most part, I hope these teams take them, you know, treat them seriously, and we get some great games between some, with some really good matchups. Really looking forward to some of these games. And then the college football playoff, that's gonna be fun to watch. Or we can get some blowouts. Maybe one blowout. Maybe one close game. I'm Scott Sederberg. Follow along on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. S C O T T S O N A I R. It's the look ahead here on VSEN.
3: This is the look ahead on VSEN, the sports betting
4: network. The VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 44 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure you get your copy today for only $19.99 at vCin.com slash subscribe. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Taking a look at what went down in the NBA on Sunday. The Houston Rockets break them up. They've won six straight games. Just gotta keep riding this hot streak, right? Congratulations to the uh Houston Rockets. Favorites in the NBA went two and two straight up. Underdogs led three and one against the spread. The Cavs, uh, they were five-point dogs. They covered in a loss against the Jazz. The Hornets, they were plus seven. The Rockets, plus two and a half, they won outright. Overs were three and one on the day, but unders still lead on the season. 190, 159, and four. Here's what's coming up on Monday's schedule. You have the 76ers. They are uh, at the Hornets. Sixers are five and a half. No total has been posted yet, but the Hornets, let me just tell you something, have been playing some high scoring games. They beat the Hawks 130 to 127. They lost to the Bucks 125. 127-125. They lost to the Bulls, 113-119. They lost to the Rockets, 146-143. They beat the Timberwolves, 133-115. Lots and lots of points in Charlotte Hornets games. So keep an eye on that point total. The Pistons are four-and-a-half point favorites at home against the Thunder. The Pacers, 5.5-point favorites at home against the Wizards. The Heat, laying 4.5 at home against the Grizzlies. Bulls, laying 4.5 at home against the Nuggets. Timberwolves, 1-point favorites at home against the Hawks. The Suns, 8.5-point favorites at home against the Spurs. The Suns are looking to bounce back from their loss against the Warriors. They had their... 17-game winning streak come to an end with a loss to the Warriors. So they will try and start a new winning streak at home against the Spurs. They are 8.5-point favorites. The Warriors are actually coming off a loss as well. So they beat the Suns, then they lose the following day. Uh, Ironically, I believe it was to those San Antonio Spurs. And so now they are 15. Point favorites at home against the Orlando Magic. And then you have the Clippers as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Trailblazers. Uh, really, at first glance, like, I like the Suns. You know, they bounce back from the loss. Obviously, you know, no Devin Booker, so that's uh, an issue. But they're at home against the Spurs. Spurs coming off the win against the Warriors maybe a little fade action on them. Uh, the Spurs have actually won four straight games, so they're playing real good basketball right now, um, and they're you know going into Phoenix, but I do like Phoenix to win, bounce back from that loss to the Warriors, kind of hit the reset button, if you will, having a couple of days off since they lost that game on Friday night. And then, yeah, I'd look at the total on the Sixers-Hornets, see what that comes out at, because the Hornets have played a lot of, very high-scoring games over the past uh, several games. So that would be one that I would fully take a look at to see exactly what the total is on that game and if you're in a position to play the over in that game. Yeah, Let's take a look at the Sixers. Have been kind of low-scoring, so that might be contradictory. But the Hornets, again, 130-127. to 127. 127, 125, 133 to 119, 146, 143, 113 to 115. We're talking numbers that are, you know, just well over 240, 250. That, these games are insane. So if you see a total at like 212, at 213, 2218, how do you not take the over? Just because of the Hornets. I mean, right now, they got to be um one of the highest points per opponents points per game in the NBA and in fact it is the highest opponents points per game in the NBA at 115.8 but they are the highest points per game scoring team in the NBA highest points per game Highest opponent's points per game in the NBA. Hornets over. That's the way I would look, depending on the line. Now, if the line is just absurd, you're not going to bet it, but that's the way that I would go taking a look at at this. Uh, In the NHL for, uh, let's see, on Monday, you got the Avalanche at the Flyers. If we can pull up the lines here. The Avs are laying minus 140. Against the Flyers. Devils, minus 195 at home against the Senators. The Capitals, minus 225 at home against the Ducks. Uh, you have the Stars, the heaviest favorite of the night, minus 310 at home against the Coyotes. Canucks, minus 135 at home against the Kings. And the Penguins, a short line, minus 125 on the road at the Kraken. Uh, the highest total is the Avalanche and Flyers at six, Kraken and Penguins. At 6, Devils and Senators at 6. I like the Canucks at home against the Kings. I would like the Penguins on the road at the Kraken. And I'd probably go Stars on the puck line against the Coyotes, minus the goal and a half. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. You see, Gonzaga lost again in college basketball. That was um, on Saturday. Gonzaga lost to Alabama. So you know this non-conference schedule for the Zags have been kind of you know, you know not as good as uh, Mark Few would hope it would be. Um, as they you know should continue to roll. They're obviously going to dominate the West uh, West Coast Conference, but uh, they lose to Duke. Then they win against Tarleton, and they don't even come close to covering against Tarleton, and then they lose to Alabama. So it's three straight games now for Gonzaga where they haven't looked like the Gonzaga that you thought you were going to get. They have an easy game coming up against uh, Merrimack, right, where they're going to be massive favorites in that one. But then you got games coming up against Washington and Texas Tech. So you might want to just see what those lines are going to be, especially in the game against Washington, We'll see uh, what um, the the spreads are going to be in those games with Gonzaga. Purdue is your number one team in the nation, rightfully so. This looks like the most complete team in uh, college basketball right now. And Purdue coming up, they uh, just beat Iowa. They got a game later on this week at Rutgers at the Rack. I'll tell you right now, that's a tough place to play. And... I can see Rutgers being a feisty home dog here against the number one team in the nation. Probably not going to happen because Rutgers doesn't have the type of team this year that they have had in the past. Uh, And, you know, they got blown out at Illinois. But this is a team that plays traditionally better at home and wouldn't shock me if they cover a spread at the rack. Uh, a game that's going to be, I believe, on a Thursday night. So keep an eye on that college basketball action. We'll probably talk to Greg Hoops-Peterson maybe later on this week, see what he thinks about uh, these games coming up. I'll get his thoughts on uh, on Purdue overall, if they're a team that we're just going to blindly be tailing because of just how dominant they have been, and uh, if there's good good fade spots coming up on the board as well. So that's just a quick update about what's going to go down here on Monday. Picks in the NBA. I'd look for the over in the Hornets game. Uh, I'd also look at the Suns to bounce back in the NHL. I would look towards, like I said, the, the, the puck line going against the Coyotes. And I like Pittsburgh on the road in Seattle and Canucks at home on uh, Monday for the NHL. We'll take a look at Monday night football, more about the props, more about the weather, more about the future of the AFC East, which is on the line on Monday night football with the Patriots and the Bills coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. follow me on Twitter at Scott's on S C O T T S O N A I R. If, The Patriots lose this game. Is there even better value on them to win the AFC East? We'll explore that and more coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network. Prop Tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, Head Coach, Rookie of the Year, and more. Check out the Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VSIN.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. An important game on Monday Night Football tonight between the Patriots and the Bills that could decide the AFC East for now. There's a more important game coming up in a couple of weeks. And that's why I think that if the Patriots lose this game to the Bills, the value on them to win the AFC East grows. Right now they are plus 115 to win the division. They are at 8 and 4 with the Bills at 7 and 4. Patriots have the bye next week. If the Bills win this game, they will take over first place at 8 and 4 while the Patriots fall to 8 and 5. The odds for the Patriots to win the division will go from plus 115 to likely north of plus 200. I think that you jump right back in on the Patriots to win the division. Next week, the Buffalo Bills will be underdogs on the road at the Tampa Bay Bucks. If they lose that game, they will fall to 8-5, and five, tied with the New England Patriots. And then after a week, both teams should be 9-5, and five. And they will play each other once again, this time in Foxborough, where the Patriots at home might be favored. And if the Pats win that game, well, look who's in first place now. So I think that, and it's very possible that this all happens. If the Patriots win this game, well, they are in clear control of this division. If They win the game tonight on Monday night. But if they lose, that doesn't mean that they are out of the division. In fact, I think that it now means that you get a great number, or not a great number, but a much better number on betting them to win the division. Because it's very likely, not well, not very likely, but it is favored to be the outcome, if you just go by the point spread, that the Bills lose in Tampa Bay. It's very hard to win in Tampa. The Bucs are just so good at home. So, a loss for the Bills next week against the Bucks will even the Patriots up. And then, when those two teams play again in a couple of weeks in Foxborough, a Patriots win, it's their division. Because if you look at the schedule, the Bills have the Bucks. That would be the loss that we're giving them. Panthers then the Patriots, then they'll finish with two wins to end the year, Falcons and Jets. The Patriots, after that Bills game, will end the season with the Jaguars and the Dolphins. So they'll beat the Jaguars at home, and then at Miami, you know, the Dolphins will love to play the spoiler role, plus Miami's playing some good football lately. You know, Miami is coming into here, they've won, what, five straight games? Then they play the Jets coming up next. That could be six straight wins. They got the Saints, the Titans. You know, Miami's not out of this thing. Not for the division, but for a playoff spot. Right now in the AFC standings, the Miami Dolphins are the 13th seed at six and seven. But they win, and all of a sudden that six and seven becomes nine and seven. Leading into the final game of the season with a chance to beat the Patriots and get that tenth win that might get them into the postseason. Because I absolutely think it's going to take at least 10 wins. Your seventh seed right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. They are seven and five. And, you know, it would take a it would take a, a lot for them to drop a couple of games here and for the Dolphins to have a chance to get in. Plus there's a lot more teams that, that are ahead of the Dolphins here you know, the Broncos, the the Browns, the Raiders, the Colts, the Steelers. So it's been a nice little run for Miami. Not out of it, but not necessarily in it either. But they could play the spoiler role in that uh Week 18 game against the New England Patriots. So that would be fun to watch, but I do believe that the 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 opportunity to buy in on the pats will be really really good if they lose this game on monday night football. in fact, that's what i'm going to do. if they lose the game and the odds go to north of 200, i'll put it I'll, i'm going to put it in on the patriots to win the division because i still think that they'll beat them at home. and they have a good chance of winning this game in in buffalo. as far as a play on the game, i like the under. the under dropped from 46 to 41, and that's because of the weather reports. High wind is forecasted for Orchard Park, New York, for Monday night. And if there's heavy wind gusts in this game, it's going to affect the passing game, it's going to affect the kicking game, and as we've seen in the NFL this year, windy unders we're talking over 10 miles per hour are 36 and 18 to the under. And we can, we're we talking about maybe 25 mile per hour wind gusts. This is going to be a windy, windy game. You know, it, it, and, and I actually believe that because of that and because of how much I like the under, I think we can see... Under in a lot of the prop markets as well. Like I'm talking about pass attempts. You can look at Mac Jones, I think is 30 and a half right now. Josh Allen's 32 and a half. I think you can look over the rushing yardage props. Like over on Josh Allen rushing yards, over on Singletary, over on on, uh, Damian Harris. And, you know, maybe you want to take an under flyer on the receiving yardage. But I think under for the game, and I would go under for the passing yardage props for Mac Jones and for Josh Allen, and I would go the under pass attempts because if the wind is a big factor, they're not throwing the ball 30-plus times in this game. And it honestly wouldn't shock me if by the time we got to kickoff, this total is under 40. It's now, it, it's obviously it's about the weather, so you have to wait and see. If the wind dies down and it's not a big factor, the number's not going to change. But if there are reports out there and you start seeing, like you're watching that pregame show and, and they're showing the flags on top of the goalpost and on top of the stadium, just uh, blowing violently because of the, the heavy winds, yeah, this total is going to get lower and lower. Maybe it's 39 by kickoff. I'm Scott Satterberg. Follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As for other futures in the NFL, taking a look right now to win the NFC. I know the Cardinals have the best record, but they have a game coming up next week against the Rams. That if they win, they're on their way. If they lose, you're talking about the Packers being in control of having home field in the NFC. But I'll tell you what. I don't know if anybody's beating the Bucks right now. And that includes the Packers or the Cardinals. Tom Brady's going to be the MVP. And the way that this Tampa team is playing, I don't know if anybody's beaten them. Their odds have gone down to plus 275 to win the NFC. And uh, that future might be the one that you just got to play here. Because I don't think anybody's beaten this team maybe in the playoffs. And if they have to go to to Lambeau for the second consecutive year, why is it going to be any different than it was last year? Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Michael Lombardi, our very own host of the Lombardi Line on v former NFL executive, will join the program at 8 a.m. at 9 a.m. Kenny White, professional football handicapper on the program. That's coming up this morning on Follow the Money. I'm going with the under in this Monday Night Football game between the Bills and the Patriots. And if the Patriots lose, I'm going to buy in on the Patriots to win the AFC East. So, if the Pats lose, we're betting on the Pats to win the division. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Always on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. This is the Look Ahead here on VC, the Sports Betting Network. Oh yeah, gave it away.
0: If you dare.
2: That's com.com slash compatibility.